Lou, the NHL trade deadline is in nine minutes. It's 2.51 on Wednesday. Is it cool if I just like half check Twitter, half act like I know what I'm talking about for the next half hour? Sure. I'm too busy mourning Ryan Callahan anyway. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Yes Men. I'm Lou DiPietro. Across the desk from me today, no longer to my left, is Doug Williams. We've remodeled our uh our Yeah, we digs. basically realized that we did not need to just be in the room that we were recording in and that we were very much more mobile than we thought we were. We are a mobile podcast. We've grown from a baby into a toddler at this point now. I've had uh, mental images of Florida, hotel room, Two beds, me on one bed, you on the other, just laying there watching TV and and on our mics doing a podcast. This is not. I'm That's not a trying. Bizarre to, mental image. I'm not okay. trying to paint like, paint like a sensual picture. No. More of just like a casual, relaxing podcast experience. So we're watching fabulous hotel television, which means one of the four local channels, ESPN or HBO. That's pretty much all yeah. it's on. Yeah, and and preferably <laughs> a sign. That says, uh, you know, when you drive into the hotel, that says, we have HBO. We have like, HBO, like, right. Like, you're really going to drive by that hotel room and go, there's a hotel up here, deal breaker. Only if it has HBO. Wow, weekly rates available, but no HBO? Ah, forget wow. that. Wow, cockroaches everywhere, but, but. You Possibly can a mini fridge. A rerun of True Detective. You could watch a rerun of True Detective. Something I still have never seen, which I know you're mad at me about. I Not just don't understand. Me, but, yeah. I, I don't get it. You know, but but I mean, I, it's not that I don't understand it. it has, it's new. I mean, it's still on television. Um, I am more mad at you that you've never seen Breaking Bad because I have friends that also haven't seen Breaking Bad, and it's it just seems like it's one of those things that you're just doing to do it. Like one of my friends mm-hmm. has, it, right. will brag. Like if if someone even says Breaking Bad, it'll be like, no, I haven't seen it. Nope, it's like, all right, it. dude, you, I know why you're doing that. Well, it was a phenomenon around here. Yeah, uh, up through the finale. It's just one of those things I never. AMC television is one of those things I never got into. I've never seen Mad Men, never seen Breaking Bad. Oh, I don't care what network things are on though. But no, it's one of those things that if it's on basic cable like that, I've never seen any of Sons of Anarchy or Justified or any of those like big shows that are on. I think never never watched any of them. I just I don't know, not my thing. I don't. I've never I don't seen watch Justified dramas. or Sons of Anarchy, which I've heard are both good. I watch The Americans on FX, which is really good. That's the only show I watch on FX. Roommate DVR'd that when it came on last year, two years ago, whenever it was, when it debuted, and watched a couple episodes. And outside of the fact that I unconditionally love Felicity. Uh, Felicity? I, Carrie Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, I couldn't get into it. I don't know. Maybe, I'm just not a dramas guy. I guess is, is what it is. Like I, I, yeah, you're the kind of guy that knows you know quotes from Spaceballs, but right. not. But it's not only that. I mean, I work no in country for old men. I work in sports. I I watch TV to unwind and you know be entertained. And so outside of a handful of things that I've been watching forever, I'm just not into that whole thriller drama serial thing. Yeah, I, I pretty much prefer comedies, reality shows, and The Simpsons. To be honest, Lou, uh, just. I want to give a little spoiler to our fans out there. If you're listening to this on iTunes, which I hope you are, um, nothing will change. This won't be that exciting to you. But we hope that you frequent yesnetwork.com 
and we are hoping to start, you know, videotaping our podcasts. You know, it's a half hour uh, every Wednesday, right. and right. we don't see any downside to, you know, videotaping what we do. Um, and, you know, if you'd rather watch it on yesnetwork.com or YouTube, then you'll have that option. And if you want to keep listening to the audio, uh, if you're a commuter like I am and you like listening to the audio podcast, then you can do that also. But to be honest, Lou, we've been doing this. Uh, we've moved our equipment, and we're four minutes and 20 seconds into this podcast, right? Right. I can already tell that the fact that we can, like, look at each other and that we're in a different setting, I it's think gonna it helps a It's going to make things a lot different, yeah. And it'll be it'll make for much better uh, video than you and I sitting around an old 1987 computer desk upstairs yeah. in the green screen room where we used to tape My Yes Weekly, for those who remember that show. God bless your souls if you remember uh, If you were one show, of the seven people that, that watched it, then, then God bless <laughs> you. But, uh, yeah, it's going to make for much more interesting, quote-unquote, television. But in the era of uh, radio simulcasts, we got Michael K. We had Francesa, Boomer, and Carton are on. Pretty much if you have a radio show that's national, it's sports. Somewhere it's on television. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to join that realm. And I think it's one of those things where if Lou and I, if it's a quiet sports week and Lou and I are on our own, then yeah, we may just do a regular audio edition, but it might uh, change things if we have somebody in studio we want to talk to, or if we have a specific segment that we're excited for and that we think you guys will like, we'll videotape that episode. So I don't know if every episode uh, will be video. Um, I just think that it's something that we're looking at on the horizon. Um, Yes. So that's a a new, a very, a very nice new addition to the lineup on yesnetwork.com. Right. Right. Uh, also, just a reminder to people out there, if you haven't subscribed to us on iTunes and you're just listening to us on YesNetwork.com, please do so. Uh, you, you know, rate and review us. Give us five stars. Give us four stars, whatever you think we deserve. Uh, leave us a comment if it's anything below five. Uh, just let us know what you think we can do better. Also, um, please subscribe to The Chris Sheeran Show. That is back. Uh, Chris, I am producing that and editing that as well as co-hosting with Chris. Um, that happens basically every Monday, although Chris is a very busy man, and sometimes he's not in on Monday. So we got a double-headed uh, kind of podcast animal. It's a podcast animal. You know, it's nice to have two different perspectives, even if we talk about the same things, yeah. per se, because then you can bring up things with me that maybe Chris said in the Christian show on Monday, or, you know, same thing. I can say, hey, you know... I have this opinion. You can say, well, Chris said this. Mm-hmm. You know, we can debate off of that. So it's very good, especially knowing Chris is a very opinionated uh, right. very opinionated guy and is not shy about sharing that. So his opinions are usually uh, pretty right, too. You and I both will benefit off of Chris Sheeran being back in the podcast game because that's already <laughs> happened, Lou. Like last week, I would say Chris made this point, and it gives us something to talk about. And, you know, he makes the guy makes a lot of good points. He's very uh, emotional and very energetic. And Off the wall was an award-winning podcast right. multiple times. So, so there you go. The fact that he is has been out of the game for so long and is now back in. He's, you know, he's recharged. Just when he thought he was done. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, Lou, uh, quickly want to ask you, spring training impressions, uh, what exactly have you thought of the Yankee team thus far? We haven't gotten glimpses at some key people. Obviously, we haven't seen Tex in a game yet. We haven't seen Pineda in a game yet. Soriano either. Soriano's been sick. Um, he and Tex are supposed to play on Thursday, so that's that's their debut. And Pineda, I believe, is Friday yeah. or over the weekend. So. Why do guys take longer than others? Like, why did Matt Thornton debut yesterday? Mm-hmm. It's and just not- a, sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, 
we want to look at other things. He's developing. You know, Matt Thornton's 37 years old. Yeah. He's been in the league for a long time. He's going to be – he's not necessarily going to be a lefty specialist, but if you watch last night's game on Yes, he came in, pitched to one batter, threw one pitch, got an out, and that was it. There's going to be situations where he's going to do that. It's a lot like the role Boone Logan had where you knew Boone could go an inning, too, if you needed him sometimes. But a lot of times he'd come in to face one batter as well in certain mix-and-match situations. So a guy like that, I mean, if you remember Mariano Rivera, need, said he needed you know six, eight innings in the spring. So that's six, eight games because you figure he's going to throw an inning at a time. If a guy like Thornton only needs six, eight innings in the spring, you don't need to throw him out there right away. You can work on getting his arm loose, getting acclimated to the catchers, this, that, the other, and then throw him out there randomly in spring appearances you know, two, three times a week over the last couple weeks to get him in, in the games and get ready. And as you know, too, as spring goes on, there will be longer outings for people and less chances to have relievers go in the game. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all kind of a schedule. Larry Rothschild really does that, as Joe Girardi's even admitted. He just kind of follows along with what Larry says. So, right. you know, that's a question that would be better suited for Larry Rothschild if there's anything more to it than what I just said. Yeah, I don't think that um, there's been anything shocking. You know, mm-hmm. anybody who, who, who is up in arms about the fact that Derek Jeter doesn't have a hit yet hasn't been watching baseball for that long because it's just really not that important. I mean, right. uh, Derek is just getting his reps. Uh, he's not swinging his hardest. He's not running his hardest. He's not putting uh, the mental game into action as much as he would be if he was in a regular season game against live pitching. Um, so it, it really isn't all that important. Uh, we talked a lot of Yankees with Chris Sheeran the other day just about the rotation for the most part. Um, some people have looked good. You know, CC yep. Sabathia topped out at 88, which I'm not concerned about either. No, if, um, you know, River Avenue Blues had a look at his, uh, his pitch average velocity range, I would say. In his first, you know, televised spring start over the last few years versus what it was in April versus it was what it was through the rest of the season, and it's it gets better. Let's just put it that way. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it gets better. So he's at eighty-eight, eighty-nine now. He'll be in the low nineties by the season. Right. It's not to worry. And I, I told Chris this. Um, I'm a former pitcher, and I pitched for my whole life up until uh, my sophomore year of college. Was your dad the coach in little league? Yes. There you go. And he was uh, my catcher for years and years. He has an old Mizuno mitt that is just beaten down and um you know it was a huge part of my life but um in high school we used to go down to florida for spring training um i went to uh high school in connecticut and we used to go down to florida to play local teams teams from all around the country and spend some time at the ormond beach airport baseball complex did you we were in point st Lucie. oh uh, okay um we had a lot of high school teams i, I lived and worked in that area for a little while and we okay. had a lot of high school and college teams come down early in the spring there was a complex out by the airport we had it was funny because they times. Put, they put like they put high school programs on eating schedules so like you have seven thirty breakfast but at a restaurant so you never eat at your hotel it'll be like you seven thirty breakfast at denny's and then you have 5 p.m golden corral so we were at the 5 p.m golden corral uh group in Florida, which if anybody's ever done that. <laughs> Means you were the youngest people in the place oh by at gosh. least 60 Not years. Not only were we yeah. the youngest, but like it was impossible to get a table. Like the, the lines for a Golden Corral 5 p.m. buffet with the amount of old people in Florida, you'd be shocked. Um, but anyway, so 
I distinctly remember there be games in Florida for the spring training where I was pitching, and halfway, 30 minutes before the game, I was wondering, how am I going to throw 60 miles per hour tonight? My arm feels so dead, so tired, because you work so hard. The first day you pitch, like your first outing, you feel like you could throw 110 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But then when you're building up strength, you just kind of realize, okay, I just mm-hmm. need to go through the reps. There's nothing right. wrong with my arm. It's just the fact that I haven't done this in a few months. So, CC Sabathia, this is the least hard he'll throw all year. Right. The slowest, if you will. Yeah. The, the point you just made brings me back to something I was going to mention when you talked about Derek Jeter a few minutes ago. And as I was driving to work this morning, I had this thought to bring up on the podcast because I knew we'd be talking about spring training. And then this morning I read a piece by uh, Donnie Collins, who works for the Scranton Times Tribune and covers the Rail Riders down there, about how it's kind of an inverse. Spring training is kind of an inverse in terms of – Jeter's 0 for 9 with a walk. Carlos Beltran, I don't believe, has a hit either. He's a home run. Oh, he's a home run. Okay, so that's his only hit. You know, McCann hasn't been particularly great offensively, and others, blah, blah, blah. But that's okay for them. You know, Beltran has even said he's a notoriously slow starter in the spring. Jeter, you're looking to see more if he's healthy, if he can make the plays, than if he's really got his bat timing down just yet. They're veteran players. They know what they're doing. Spring training is kind of a practice to get ready for them. On the inverse, you have guys like, at this point, Eduardo Nunez, but Dean Anna, Yen Jervis Solarte, Scott Sizemore, guys like that who are fighting for jobs on the team. If they don't hit early in the spring and often in the spring, they have no chance of making the team. But those are hopefully, if all goes right, the guys that are going to play the least out of the men on the 25-man mm-hmm. roster. You don't necessarily want to see your backup catcher more than 40, 50 times a season if you can help it. You don't want to have to see a guy like, say, Nunez wins the utility role. You don't want to have to see him unless he's you know playing in a platoon or that. You don't want to see him have to be thrust into a starter every day, theoretically. I use theoretically because, you know, it happens and it works when, sometimes when it does happen. But they're going to theoretically play the least, but they have to show the most – in spring training, and so far, Solarte, you know, he's hitting like 771. I mean, you can't really do much better other than, I guess, getting hits those couple of times at bat that he didn't, whereas it can hurt a guy like Dan Johnson last year, and, you know, he ended up spending the entire year in AAA, but there's probably nobody outside of the Yankees organization who will tell you what they want that could tell you with a straight face the reason Dan Johnson didn't make the team last year and Lyle Overbay ended up making the team has nothing to do with the fact that he was 2-for-31 in spring training. There's nobody that can tell you that. Right. And uh, spring training, basically what you're saying, Lou, is that spring training is really important for the people whose regular seasons really aren't all that important. It's, it's an interest, it's, exactly. Yeah, so it's very interesting, and it's a good point. Um, you know, spring training is interesting in that it's unimportant in almost all right. the ways, except for the fact that it's people getting reps. That goes for pitchers too, but obviously they get a little less work having mm-hmm. you know knowing they can't pitch every day. Right. So and the it, Yankees, it goes that way too. The Yankees have a few battles, Lou. I mean, yeah. they have uh, you know they have a few infield positions that aren't necessarily totally uh, done. I would say Brian Roberts has second base. Yep. Pretty much locked up. Kelly Johnson, I would say, you know, might split third base with Eduardo Nunez, who will get a few starts against lefties. Uh, so generally, we'll be in touch with you guys yep. uh, about spring training as we go along today. Um, <clears throat> this is the beginning, I guess, of the second week as we tape because right. the Tuesday game last week against Florida State was a, a true exhibition. It didn't count in any standings whatsoever. So the Yankees have played now a full week. And you also can't take spring numbers from the first week as – 
you know, they need, as I said, players need to hit early and often in spring training if they're fighting for a job, but you can't take just that. Because if you did, then Yen Jervis Solarte should be starting somewhere on this team, and the fifth starter for the Yankees should just be nobody because nobody has looked particularly overwhelming in terms of... And we haven't seen Pineda yet. We haven't seen Pineda yet. David Phelps, if you watch his outing last night, he his numbers look good, but he was in trouble both of his innings. Adam Warren today gave up a leadoff home run to Zobrist and then settled down. Uh, he came out of the game in the third inning, though he didn't get through his full turn. Uh, Phelps had a rocky start yesterday. Avon Novus had one good one, one bad one. Nuno's been good, but he's being bumped out of the rotation for Tanaka to pitch on Thursday and then as the cycle continues. So you can't necessarily take the first week and say, this guy is going to do it. But this is where those guys have to start impressing so they can get on the radar so that three weeks from now at the end, when they're the last cuts, the Yankees have to decide, well, do we keep Eduardo Nunez or do we send him to AAA and see if this Solerte guy has something? Who gets that fifth spot? Who has pitched well over five, six starts as opposed to two? And that's really where it comes into play. But now is the time where those guys have to make hay. As I said, even though they may not theoretically be playing all that much, hopefully yeah. come April 1st. And the most exciting story of today itself, Wednesday, March 5th, uh, is the you know the hockey NHL trade deadline, and we know not everybody's hockey fans, especially you know the Yes Network listeners. A lot of you are Yankee fans and baseball fans, and you know Brooklyn Net fans. But you know hockey is an interesting sport in in uh, a lot of ways because it's so different from the other mm-hmm. uh, you know three major sports. Um, so the big news today, at least in our office, uh, and what we've been talking about, you and I, is Brian Callahan, the Rangers captain, has been traded. Uh, down to Tampa for uh, Martin St. Louis. Um, and, and, you know, just as an example, if you follow SportsCenter, you have the Score Center app on your iPhone. You got an, an update that told you about that trade. This is a big sports story. It's right. not just a New York sports story. It's not just a hockey yeah. story. It Martin St. Louis is an international league-wide right. scoring machine superstar. Yeah, right. He's one of the best, deal. you know, Canadian hockey players in the world. Um, he's a top 10 goal scorer almost every year. Canadian Olympian. Um, right. So this is a big story. and uh, I'm just looking at, at Twitter right now. Martin Brodeur has not been traded, was not traded today. The rumor was that he might be. Uh, he was not. They're he really, might get borked, as I like to call it. Um, Thomas Vanek was not traded. Makes absolutely no sense. Uh, any hockey fans out there know why that is. Uh, it was basically one of those things where Thomas Vanek is not going to re-sign with the Islanders. So the Islanders could have traded him for somebody and got something back, and they didn't, which just makes no sense as if Garth Snow, their GM, just... I do think that John Tavares' injury has a lot to do with that, though, because they don't have any other visible superstars. Right, but what's the point, though? Somebody's got to keep people coming out. The Islanders are terrible. Yeah. Somebody's got to keep them coming out to games. Vanek is the best player they've got, theoretically, now that Tavares are, right? Yeah, uh, the Rangers just go. traded for a defenseman named Rafael Diaz. Uh, he's a former Montreal Canadian. Sounds like a Vancouver boxer. Uh, he is... Middleweight champion Rafael Diaz defends his title in Madison Square Garden. Doesn't it sound like a boxer? Yeah, it yeah. does. Uh, he is a former uh, wearer of a pretty good mustache. Hmm. Um, he's got that going for him. He is from Switzerland. And so that's a trade as this is coming into the wire. And by We're wire, breaking I mean news that you'll hear deck. two hours from now. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's the <clears> hockey uh, trade deadline. I'm very sad about Ryan Callahan. Um, I don't know necessarily. I'm not, I'm not saying that as a 
hockey coach guy. I'm not saying that Ryan Callahan's departure is terrible for the Rangers. Um, but, you know, it would be like the Yankees losing Derek Jeter. It's the captain. It's the yeah. heart and soul of their team. It's, uh, you know, a guy that grew up or, you know, came up. I guess through the system. Yeah, he's from um, Rochester, so he's a New York guy too. I mean, it's not like guy. he's he's got that hometown somewhat. Yeah, it's a tough thing. I mean, it, it, sports is a business. The, this, this stuff happens all the time. The thing with Callahan is that a trade like that really brings out a lot of emotion over intelligence in the fandom of things. I've seen on Twitter. I've seen on you know message boards. You and I are both frequently readers of Barstool Sports, and they posted about it, and the comment section was half. This sucks and half this is the greatest trade ever because people think about it in terms of fandom, either intelligently or with their heart. Callahan was a good player. Callahan is a lifelong Ranger. As a Rangers fan, I am sad to see Ryan Callahan go. On the other hand, I know that sports is a business, like you said, and Ryan Callahan wanted way too much money in the Rangers' eyes for what he was worth in terms of length and scope of the contract he wanted as a, as a free agent coming up this year, it wasn't worth it to them. So, yes, they had to give up two picks. The second one may become a first-rounder if the Rangers get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. But oh, they got... They the got a, Isles have traded Vanek. Oh. All right. Well, you know what? Take away everything I said five minutes ago. Let uh, me finish my point about, about Callahan okay, real quick. go ahead. Is that they got a top-ten goal scorer who's under contract for next year at a lower cap hit than what Callahan's new contract would have given him next year. And that also now maybe gives them a chance to see what a guy like JT Miller can do or spend that money elsewhere. They've already re-upped Dan Girardi, who's a very big part of that team. They can now spread that money elsewhere with, with other guys who, you know, may be coming up soon, either this year or next year, spread it around, maybe grab some free agents and, and rebuild a team. They know their window is soon. Henrik Lundqvist is th- 31, 32 years old. I don't know when his birthday is, but I know he's going to be 32 at some point. He's only got a few, you know, five maybe years left in him, you would think, as a high level. Martin Brodeur is still playing in his 40s, but it's very rare that guys, you know, in their late 30s are Stanley Cup winning goalies. So maybe, you know, this is a win-now move, and knowing Callahan wasn't going to get the contract they want, he could still re-sign, but for now they got something for next year for somebody that they're not sure they would have had next year, and that's what makes it a good trade. And St. Louis... Uh, and he's a leader. Yeah. I mean, he's 39 years old. He's a leader. He's a captain of his team, too. Right. So you got to give him credit for that. He's a he, he vacations in Connecticut. He's a guy that wanted to come to the Rangers and wanted to leave Tampa Bay because, I mean, put yourself in this situation. Um, he is good enough to be on the Canadian Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And Steve Eiserman, who made the decision... Well, he was the 26th man because he replaced Stamkos, but right. theoretically, he yes. He didn't make the team at first. Right. When the rosters were made, he was not Martin an Olympian. St. Louis was not an Olympian. And Steve Eiserman, who's the GM of his team in the NHL, made the decision of who to put on the Canadian Olympic team, and he wasn't on there. You have to think in that terms. You can't think of team allegiances because... San Louis is oh, no, good, I but, know, but it, it, that would annoy you. But he knew that you know if Stamkos was going to miss the, the Olympics, which he did, San Louis was his guy, and that's what happened. Yeah, but it's still – that didn't repair the relationship between Eiserman No, and that San was Louis. already fractured from what I've read That's everywhere. what made him want to deal out. Right. So um, actually it's, it's you know interesting because we just said that this guy Vanek on the Islanders didn't get traded. He did. I have no idea to where. Twitter is just reacting right now. He has been traded, but nobody knows where. It's a little bit like the baseball trade deadline in that these deals are already into the NHL. He's going to miss Rafael Diaz defending his middleweight title at Madison Square. Um, 
so the other news is that Matt Molson was traded to the Wild. I don't know how many hockey fans listen to our podcast, but you're getting a lot of good hockey. And right now, somewhere, if we if we called him right now in his cube, Matt Stucco will be crying. Our video producer, he's, got, he's lost Maddie Molson. He lost Maddie Martin. Well, Maddie Molson um, was already not a. He was already with. Right. The Sabers, right? But he lost him, and now he's been traded again. He lost Reggie Evans. Like right. he's just losing all his Tavares is out. He's, he's all losing his all his boys. Guys are gone. Um, so, in other news, Lou, the the Brooklyn Nets. Let's talk about them. For Let's a few talk minutes. about the Brooklyn Nets who signed Jason Collins to a second ten day deal officially. So he's with them now through pulled a Kenyon through Martin. about St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, um, you know. They look right now, they're at 500. They're going to try and go above 500 for the first time in this season tonight. That's right. Um, you know, they look promising. I, I still don't think that they're the team that we thought they'd be going into the season. Uh, but it's possible that if they avoid Miami and Indiana in the first round, that they could end up, you know, winning a first round playoff series. And then I think they could go seven or maybe win one in the second round. Depends what seed they are and depends who they play in the second round. Um, do I see them beating an Indiana or Miami? No. But they look a lot better. Darren Williams looks like the all-star point guard he once was. It uh, doesn't seem like they're missing Mm-mm. Brooke Lopez too much, except for the fact that they're not a high-scoring team. Right. Um, Kevin Garnett continues to sit, play, sit, play. Mason Plumley has come into his own. Um, so... What do you think about their future? You think that they're, uh, you know, a formidable playoff opponent? And to mention, Jason Collins has given them exactly what you would think Jason Collins would give them: heavy, you know, heavy defense. Not much in terms of filling the stat sheet, but he's a great defender. He's spelling whoever's in the middle, giving fouls, and doing what he does. He's become a key cog in in that rotation with Plumlee and Garnett at the five. Um, and you know, it looks like he's he's here for another ten, and he may end up being signed for the remainder of the season. Beyond that, yes, they they look good. They're they're gelling together finally. Um, they have a big stretch coming up. You know, Sacramento on Sunday is a team that's in a free fall, and then the division leading Raptors on Monday. That's a back to back where they can really do some damage in terms of making their name in the standings. Beat up on a couple of hapless underdogs, and then and then take on the division leader. Um, that said, you know, it's this is an Eastern Conference that's still Miami and Indiana and everyone else. So can they do it? Maybe. Will they do it? Probably not. But as long as they're not the 7 or 8, yes, there's a good chance they could make the Eastern Conference semifinals, which, to be fair, would be an improvement from last year when they lost to the Bulls in the first round. But you have to look at the big picture and wonder, like, where this team is headed after that. Because this year and maybe next year is their window. Right. And it says a lot, I think, about how patient Mikhail Prokhorov has been with Jason Kidd and the situation this year. Something he wasn't last year with Avery Johnson, which kind of was you know, yeah. seen by some as a panic move when he was fired in December. But you would, you would think the Knicks would have done the same thing with Mike Woodson long ago, but he's still there. But it says something about how patient he's being, knowing that this is the window, so let's just go for it at this point. Spending money over the luxury tax, no matter what. I mean, you know, even signing a guy like Collins is two and a half times his contract because they're way over the cap, the tax threshold, and just going for it. This this is it. This is what we got. They didn't use their mid-level player exception yet. They still have a few days, I believe. I think the deadline is the 10th. 
it might be today. It's either today or the 10th, but either way, like they have that if they want in their back pocket. Now's the time to make a run. Yeah. Um, it would be the year where they should use the potential that they have to try and upset a team in the playoffs. Um, I mean, they're back at 500 for the first time since the first week in November when they were two and two. So that tells you everything you need to know about where this team has come from to where they are now. I don't know. You know, they're going to have a hard time, uh, you know, matching up with some teams. Like, they can't match up with Indiana with Paul Pierce at the four. They can match up with the Heat with Paul Pierce at the four. Right. Um, I don't – I think Indiana is actually the worst matchup for them. I know a lot of people are saying the Heat would be worse because the Heat can score on demand. But they've beaten Miami twice at Barkley Center, and they right. have a chance to do it. You know, go for the season sweep on on the twelfth. Right, and and you know, Blatch after they traded away Reggie Evans, Blatch is really their only you know four or five guy other than Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough for the for the Nets, but I think they might have a shot to win. You know, uh, their first series and maybe a second. I would I would hope for it. Um, and I think the key for that team is Darren Williams, because let's remember how much we expected from that guy mm-hmm. when he got traded here. I think we expected a guy like Chris Paul. And, you know, I don't really think necessarily that that has happened. But, you know, we're only a few years in. So. He's, he's begun showing flashes of that, though. He's been the guy that's taken over a game at some point when no one else would and, and dictated the flow of the game. And right. you see how successful the Nets are, and that was the plan. That's right. been the plan all along. And now they're starting to execute it. They're Like I said, they're back at 500 for the first time since they were 2-2. Two and two. Looking to go, you know, over 500 and maybe overtake Toronto, at least get a playoff spot. This is now the push. And, you know, they have, like I said, Sacramento, Toronto, Miami is a big three-game stretch next week with a, a bad team, the team leading their division, and a good team whose number they've had this year. Toronto's that's, the most important game. Yep, that's Those a lot three. of confidence you can build in that 72-hour span. Um, do you have any uh, stories from the weekend? Do I have any stories from the weekend? You know, I didn't really do much of anything this past weekend, so it was uh, I kind of sat around and watched the WWE Network at the house a little bit, um, and then Sunday visited a friend and did the same. So, you know, nothing too terrible. With Tampa coming up, I've been kind of busy with work and planning things for our trip to spring training, so it's been a been a quiet month. So far yeah. for me, I don't know about you. You you told me a pretty good story about yeah, your weekend I have in the city. A, a pretty funny story. Um, it's been busy for me too. Um, my, I had the old, the old birthday on Saturday. So I was out to dinner, uh, for my birthday and I was with my girlfriend and we were at a steakhouse in New York city. Um, and I watched a really very large man walk in, um, to the restaurant and I immediately recognized him as Zidane Ochara, who is, uh, a uh, defenseman for the Boston Bruins, and it's just a six foot nine hockey player, one of the biggest men there is, and he's just so menacing looking. He looks like Dracula. And was he not the captain of the Olympic team? Yeah, yeah, he was the captain for the Slovakian mm-hmm. team. Yep. And uh, so, I, I was shocked that he was there. He sat behind me. I have a picture of it. Actually, I, uh, my girlfriend was kind enough to take a picture without anybody noticing of my shoulder with Chara right above it. Um, when so, in reality he was 15 feet away, he's right. just so tall that he's the most like he's menacing right person in the world. So you're not going to go up to him and say hi because he, you know, he might just I don't know punch you in the face or just I don't know. So I took that for what it was. Didn't think much of it. Left. Oh my gosh, I saw Zidane Chara. Told him a few of my friends that are hockey fans later. Th- two days later, uh, Boston is off for a few days. I'm walking uh, on 42nd Street in Manhattan. And I walk by a tall man who looks like he's walking on stilts in the biggest trench coat I've ever seen. Zidane Chara. Noise-canceling headphones, 
by himself. Just hanging out on the city streets? Yes. Just doing nothing? Just walking. Just he walking. looked like – and he did not look like a guy that was walking to a destination. He looked like he was wandering. But he looked like uh, one of those like um, – like have you ever seen the Thunderbirds? Mm-hmm. Like just like he was on strings. Like he sort walks. of a marionette looking. Yeah, he walks walk like a little street. marionette, like a, a, one of the characters in Team America. So <laughs> coming on strong to save the day. It's just funny. Like you know, I'm, I'm in sports now. I work at the Yes Network, and I just I, 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 I a lot of athletes I'd see twice, and I'd be like, hey, I, I work for the Yes Network. Uh, you know, I, I'd say something, introduce myself. But with Zdeno Chara. That's about the scariest person in sports. He's a mean-looking dude. I can, yeah, and, and the fact that he's a foot taller than you also doesn't help. Hello, sir. Hi. Oh, how's the weather Big up there? Big fan of you, your work on HockeyFights.com. You know, it's funny you say that I'm in sports now. I do this, and you were indoctrinated. I, I do, The only crazy story I have from Saturday is the laugh I had sort of at your expense when you texted me on Saturday afternoon and said, Hey, Mason Williams looks great during the Yankees game against the Phillies. And I'm like, oh, does he? I was at the mall. Uh, me and two of my friends were at the mall. They were getting measured for their tuxedos for the wedding. And you're like, yes, I'm at the house watching the baseball game because this is what I do on my birthday. <laughs> I'm like, you're 23 years old. You should be out enjoying it. Nope, you're sitting at home watching a spring training game. No, nope. I made it clear to everybody that was with me on my birthday that the Rangers and the Yankees both had games on Saturday, and that's what I wanted to do on Saturday afternoon. Why surround myself with uh, strangers when I can sit in the comfort of my own home and watch the sports teams that I root for. So. And you got to see CC and Hero and Tank. Yeah, exactly. All, uh, it was back our back first back. look at Hiroki Kuroda. And I'm sorry. Well, yes, it was for the season, but Tanaka was a little bit more of an important. A little bit more so. important on that one. We know what Hiroki Kuroda can do. Right. Hopefully he does it and doesn't fade down the stretch this year like he did last year. That would be helpful for the Yankees, I'm sure. But, yes, it was a nice look at all three of them. And Tanaka will pitch Thursday, and I believe Kuroda is set for Friday and CC's a Friday sim game, so they're they're getting their work in. Spring well, Lou, has at, sprung. We're at 34 minutes, and I'm sweating. Yes, it's very hot where we're recording this. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Yes Men. Next week, uh, as Doug alluded to, we'll have a little video experiment. We've got a sort of an evergreen show planned for you because we'll be in Tampa at various parts of the week, so we'll be reporting live from there, possible quote-unquote quasi-live Yes Men like we've done in the past at Barclays. We've got a little experiment for you, so... We hope you enjoy it, and we uh, hope you weigh in on the topic we'll be discussing as well, because it's going to be a fun one. It is so hot in here. So hot. Milk was a bad choice for you. Either way, that's going to do it for us. It's like an armpit. He's Doug. I'm Lou. Reminder to subscribe on iTunes, rate, and review us. And until next time, be good to each other.